challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is the Ninja Pastor with Sunday's God in Country with Dr. Sean. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical reverend. Dr. Sean is a proud U.S. military veteran, former law enforcement officer, founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through his riveting national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This show is biblically and politically engaged in the battle to save our country with a pedal to the metal with this Sunday's edition of Sundays with Dr. Sean. Buckle up. Here's your host, the author of the critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity right. is Destroying America. Reverend Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, with today's message. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. We're just uh, we're just so pleased to have you. Uh, it is... Uh, um, it's a cool, cool night that you've joined because we have a very special guest. Her name is Christabel Braden. And by the end of tonight, you are so going to know her. Uh, and we're going to give you lots of links and all kinds of different things to uh, listen to. But um, it's a different night for us. We had some technical issues and we're trying to uh, do some blending here and, and all of that. So bear with us. And hopefully, uh, if you're a chat person, you can let us know. Uh, if let us know how you're hearing us, Craig in New York, if you wouldn't mind, just let us know uh, how you're making out. So it would be, be real glad to have your technical assistance. We're using a microphone that we used uh, quite a long time ago. And, and so, but we kind of have to, so that's kind of how it is, but let us know and we'll make any adjustment. Awesome. Awesome. Our technical person in New York says sounds fine. So we're good to go. So Christabel Braden, how old are you? How old am I? I'm 23. So how did you shove all this living in? 23 years. <laughs> I expect you to say like 52. <laughs> I'd like for you to be older than me so I don't feel bad about under-accomplishing. So, Christabel, tell me, um, I know that we came to know you through Steve, who, was Steve one of your teachers at CAB? He was. Oh, yes. that's awesome. Yeah. Was he fun? He was great. Did he give you good grades? <laughs> yes. Okay. Because I fully expected that he's a tough teacher. He's mean. Does he throw stuff? Uh, <laughs> I thought maybe he would, but uh, so what did you study at Cap Calloway? Um, I originally went there to be a drama major, so I did acting. Okay. Um, so yeah, that was why I started going there. Yeah, I'm acting right now. I'm <laughs> acting like a radio personality, but I'm yeah. not. Uh, so so you went there for drama, and then what happened? Um, well, when I was in my sophomore year. At Cab Calloway, I had a really serious brain injury. What happened? Um, it happened at my church's youth group. Uh -oh. Actually, originally we were playing the game Red Rover in the fellowship hall in the church. And mm. when it was my turn to run, um, they said Red Rover, Red Rover, send Chris Spawn over. And uh, that's actually the last thing I remember for a year. Hold up, <laughs> but, what? Yeah. Send who over? Send Chris Bell on over. You know how the game works, Red Rover? I have no idea. I don't know. It's about like it. a kid's game where basically like two lines hold hands and then they ask to send somebody over Red Rover, Red Rover, send okay. Chris Vaughn over. And then when it's your turn, you run and you try and break through their hands. Um, and if you break through, you win. Basically. Okay. 
or for what do you team. win a truck or uh, you get to a take, gun you get no. <laughs> what do you win you get to take someone from their team and bring it back onto your team and so whoever has the most people at the end wins it sounds so, like there's a problem with this yeah, game. It's just the the incentive game. is very I low. Know, I know. It's just a kid's <laughs> game. And you normally play it like outside, but we were playing it in a close in an enclosed space. So when it was my turn, I was I went to run. Uh-oh. And um before my brain injury, I was pretty athletic. I played on multiple softball teams. You know, I did, you know, I danced. Um and so I was able to run pretty quickly, yeah. you know, pretty fast. And um uh I didn't know it, but all the boys on my team decided it would be funny to pull a prank and run behind me. Uh-oh and uh, rushed the other team. So I ended up running, and the other team got scared when they saw the boys coming. They dropped their hands, and instead of being caught by them, mm. I ended up running straight into the wall. Oh. So it was a sheetrock wall, um, and I actually left a mark on the wall with my head. Huh. I hit it that hard, wow. and my head bounced off the floor a couple times, and I briefly lost consciousness. Um, but I came to and seemed totally normal that night. Um, there weren't really any signs of concussion, the youth pastor's wife was a nurse and she looked me over and they said I was fine and they put me back in the games. They didn't call my parents and I went home with the carpool. And um, again, I seemed totally normal that night, but by three days after it happened, I couldn't walk straight and I had blurry vision and I couldn't hold conversations. And I was functioning pretty much at the level of a four-year-old child. Hmm. Um, now see that? It's what people say about me now. So, <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. Four-year-old child. And so... One minute, everything is fun. Mm-hmm. You're laughing, you're joking, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're having fun at your youth every week. Yeah, it's a place yeah. you go. It's a safe place to be. And mm-hmm. so then, uh, you, you do this. You run into the wall. Now, did you remember at that moment, or did you know something was wrong? I don't think so. No. Huh. Um, I I mean, I knew I hit my head. Um, I came home and told my mom that I hit my head and she was thinking, you know, well, if it was a big deal, they would have called us. Like she right. knew that she was a nurse Sure, sure, sure. and uh, a big chunk of my hair fell out when I took out my ponytail from like the area that I'd hit my head on the wall. Wow. Um, but what basically the type of brain injury I had was a brain swell. Mm-hmm. So like normally when you hit your head, you get a bump right. on your head and that's what you want to have happen. Cause that's the pressure being relieved outside of the skull. Sure. When instead my brain was swelling. Wow. So that's why it took a couple of days for the symptoms to really show up. But, but I think that, um, the school nurse needs to be, actually, I actually think Mr. Field was the first person to notice something was wrong. I'm not surprised. Um, when I came to class and sent me to the nurse and, um, the school had like a wellness center and they diagnosed me with a mild concussion okay. and said that I'd be fine in a couple of days. No big deal. Hmm. Um, and, you know, brain injury is just one of those things that you look fine on the outside. So it's really hard to really understand the magnitude of how it affects your life until it's happened to you. Yeah. But what's affecting me right now, you know, I have a brain injury too. You did mention What's that, affecting yeah. me is how dirty kids let their phone screens get, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm so addicted to clean. You don't know how hard it is for me to resist scraping the, whatever that is. Right yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> wow. Younger people, isn't that right? Younger people look at your phone. Older people are always like this, cleaning it and never, never me. Uh, I, I can't stand it. It drives me crazy. Now I know it's probably getting worse now. It's probably stuff from this. So, uh, so, okay. So, so Steve notices, yeah, you, you something's wrong yeah. with Christabel. Uh, was it something was different? Um, as I said, I don't remember. Okay, like the first year, but it was like I I know 
I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was initially like seen, but my whole personality changed from the brain injury. I had to relearn how to get dressed, how to take a shower, how to everything. I couldn't hold conversations. Like I just wasn't all there. Mm -hmm. And uh, my equilibrium got pretty off. So I was like falling over in the hallway at school. Um, and it was right just like, I'm very familiar. <laughs> yeah. It was just like everything. I, it was just off, you know? Um, and my vocabulary totally went away. And like I said before, I was there, I was studying acting and I couldn't memorize anymore. Yep. Um, so obviously I couldn't keep acting, but my short term memory got so bad. I would literally forget that I ate breakfast that morning. Then I would eat another breakfast <laughs> and I would eat like five breakfasts in the morning. Cause I didn't realize. Now, let me, hold, let me hold you. You can learn this speak a little older. <laughs> now, when I go to family parties, we eat in our family. So I pretend prior to the brain injury, I would pretend ice cream cake. That's my big thing. <laughs> so people would bring, oh, did you get your ice cream? No, I didn't, I didn't get it. But I actually did. <laughs> but then I do it. But now I don't remember same thing. You yeah, know, I, I don't remember. I'll either not eat all day yeah. and be like, why is I, my do head I do that too. I do that too. I should do it more. Yeah. Obviously, looking at me, I should forget to eat a lot more. So, well, actually, I've learned now. Like, I've learned. You know, it's been nine years since the brain injury. I've learned a lot more about the brain. And actually, um, one of the areas I damaged is the hippocampus, which has mm -hmm. to do with like body, like body functions or whatever. So, I actually didn't know that I was hungry or right. full. Mm -hmm. So, my body was. I didn't know that I was full because I my body my stomach wasn't telling my brain and that's right satiation or, yeah yeah no. so yeah. I didn't and I never felt hungry either. Yeah. So I would just be like, oh it's morning. Oh I didn't eat breakfast and I'd eat another breakfast and wouldn't even realize how many I'd eaten. Sure. So so what happens? You let me let me go back a minute because you said something that obviously stands out to me being a religious person. Uh, you were at youth group, youth yes. group at church. Mm -hmm. So you were pretty Religious person? How would you describe your faith? Um, let's let's do two. Let's do two if you remember. <laughs> Before brain injury, yeah. post brain injury. Um, I think it, it was just different. I mean, I grew up in the church. Mm -hmm. I grew up, you know, knowing that Jesus loved me. Like I never didn't know that God had a plan for my life. Mm -hmm. But I was fourteen. You know, I I didn't really have. I had never had a reason to have to depend on God in a deep way until the brain injury, because I mean, I was 14. I, sure. I, you know, teenagers think they're invincible. Right. You know? And so I, I was definitely genuine and I loved the Lord. Like I'd gone on a mission trip that summer prior to when it happened. And, yeah. you know, I really, I really did. I, I would read my Bible and out of all my friends, they called me the goody goody because, uh -oh. you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, that's what they call me too. Don't you know, feel bad. That's what they call yeah, me too. I wasn't, I wasn't but, gonna, yeah. you know, do the things they were doing, and they knew it. But um, yeah, it was just, it was just different. I would yeah. say, huh. um, and so, yeah, it was just different. And also, like everything changed for us with church too, because the church that it happened at, um, they actually, instead of embracing our family, they actually they kind of pulled back our our family. Um, and the youth pastor and his wife never uh, spoke to my family again. Really? Um, every time we would try. Yeah. Um, Why do you think that was? Brain injury is hard to understand. I yeah. seemed normal. I seemed fine. But, um, you know, basically they they chose um, not to have any con they. They wrote a letter to the whole congregation telling them to have no contact with my family for legal reasons. And the only... The only thing we ever heard from them was 
from their attorneys. Hmm. So I don't want to go into all the details. No, no, yeah, we don't need However, that. However, um, the way that that impacted my faith was our church family we grew up in, all of a sudden we didn't have. Yeah. So we had to learn that God is different than the church. Hmm. And that was another journey in addition to the brain injury, you know, having yeah. to learn how to cope with having this life-changing injury, but also having to learn to cope with that not having a church family. It was a big part of my journey, and I think a lot of people can relate to. So so I'm called the Ninja Pastor, right? That's my nickname, and um, it's actually trademarked, believe it or not, uh, <laughs> but, but I'm a pretty nice guy, pretty easygoing guy, and and uh, and and. But one of the things that I talk about, you know, we travel around the country, we talk, we talk here every Sunday. One of the things I talk about about the church is I use a term called religious Rottweilers. Mm-hmm. You know, they're on the porch, you know, barking at the bad non-Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a bad Christian. You need a better haircut. You know, you should wear a button-down shirt to church. You listen to bad music. You know, all these different things. But in your case, these don't sound like religious Rottweilers. They sound like people that were your family that you loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, loving, caring people, and yeah. and yet the church turned away not just one person who desperately needed them, but a family, and that's rough, man. That's well, yeah. And I don't want to. I don't know where their hearts were, and I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not going to say anything to that. I don't know, um, but I do know that they didn't. Brain injury is so hard to understand. It is so I I could hold myself together for 15 minutes and have a conversation and seem okay. Mm -hmm. What they didn't Mm -hmm. see, what nobody saw was going home and the crashes and the emotional crashes. Like anytime brain. One of the things with brain injury you deal with is overstimulation. Right. So basically without a brain injury, you're able to take in your environment and there's filters. Mm-hmm. So it's like lights, noise, crowds, sound, etc. If you don't have a brain injury, it's easy to filter those things out and focus in on what you want to focus on. Right. With a brain injury, everything comes in and you can't control it. And so for me and a lot of people with head injuries is you basically end up shutting down from mm-hmm. all that stimulation and not being able to function. And so anytime I would, you know, be in this, I couldn't even be in grocery stores, anything like that. And anytime grocery stores, really? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, the grocery stores are the worst possible place <laughs> to somebody with a brain injury. Me too. Yeah, and so I didn't bad. know it. I yeah. didn't know it. One time I'm at the grocery store and, and, uh, after the crash, cause I didn't go to the grocery store very much yeah. after the crash, cause you know, I'm learning to kind of walk without falling. Yeah. Important thing different things and so finally i get my little list and i go and i'm going to conquer the world because my thing was is okay i don't want to be worthless my biggest fear in my life is being worthless and so i said well i'm going to get go do the family grocery shopping well i get in the grocery store and i'm full-on hardcore panic mode i'm not a panicker you know my background you know Mm -hmm. not much in the way of panicking i get in there and the the lights are just it's like a strobe and the noise and the, you know, and just, but the, I was trying to buy, I can't remember what I was trying to buy uh, back then cereal, I would guess or something. I don't know what it was, but there was miles and miles of every different kind you could think. And I'm like, what do I buy? I don't know. Now it, my list only says cereal, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't say, you know, which one and then where is it? And then, you know, I used to be able to figure it out and all this. So, but yeah. I looked, 
let's revise that. I'm not ever saying that I ever looked normal, but I see, yeah. and I'm going to revise that. <laughs> not that I seem normal, but I seem like my old self, except yeah. for if you were my friend. You know, I used to yeah. preach to this group and other groups for two and a half hours, no notes. Yeah. No notes. You know, mm -hmm. and I would give speeches all around the country. No notes. Yeah. Now, you know, I got everything written down, everything written down. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so, so your crash, this crash yeah. thing you're talking about. So basically like, you know, just not be able to function. It, you need recovery time and, you know, getting home and just headaches and, and everything like that. And so those are the things people don't see and yeah. it's an in, invisible injury. Yeah. So, you know, if you're not cognizant of that and if you're not one of the one of the things that is so dear to my heart is brain injury awareness because people just don't get it, and so don't go so fast over that. I, what brain injury awareness? Yeah. What is that to you? Um, what does that mean? I, I want to educate people. I want to educate people who are not in the world of brain injury to understand what brain injury really is and what it and what it means because mm. if you if if it's happened to you or one of your loved ones, you know. It changes your entire life in one second. But the stigma is, oh, it's just a concussion. Oh, it's not that big a deal. Oh, I just had a concussion. Don't. It, it's not that. It's not a, that much. Shake of a it deal. off. Or it's people say in TV shows and movies or whatever. Oh, brain damage. They joke about brain damage, meaning that you're stupid. Mm -hmm. Or you know, oh, you dropped on your head as a kid. You know, people j make jokes like that, and not realizing that having a brain injury has nothing to do with your level of intelligence. Right. It's an injury. It, like you could injure any other part of your body or any other organ, you injure your brain. Doesn't mean you're stupid. It just means that you have to do things a little differently, and you know, you the way you the take in the world is different. Mm -hmm. And so, just so you know, we have three. Uh, I asked three of my buddies who are uh, tier one operator, Navy SEALs. Uh, two are SEAL Team Six, and mm -hmm. and the other is uh, another SEAL team. I won't say because he's he's in theater, and they all have brain injuries. Mm -hmm. um, most people don't know Chris Kyle, the American sniper. Uh, he, he was murdered uh, by a guy who was trying to help. Um, deadliest sniper, at least one of the deadliest snipers in history. He had a brain injury. He had a head injury. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of concussions. I work a lot with military people. Well, my one particular buddy um, is listening now too. He works at a brain injury institute uh, who's been on my show, Drago. You guys ever hear of Drago? Remember me mentioned him? Yeah. Uh, and Drago is working to try to increase awareness mm -hmm. because like you said, there's a stigma. There is. Yeah. Right. And, and, but one of the things I had to face, uh, as a person with a brain injury, I had a rather high functioning. My intellect was pretty good. I have a few different doctor degrees. And so I was a relatively Just intelligent a few guy. Different doctor degrees well, you know, you. I, I was relatively <laughs> intelligent and I was good at faking it. But, but then what happened was after the crash, you know, different people would make jokes about, you know, well, you're now you're on our level. And I would laugh. <laughs> I would kind of joke. Oh, ha, ha, ha. But in the end, when I wasn't in view of the public, I would I would be mortified, you know, because yeah. I think my brain's all I have. And now that's well, damaged. actually, I can relate to what you just said before my brain injury. I was ahead of grade in school. I was top of my class and I had been skipped a grade when I was a kid and like I was reading by the time I was three, like I was just one of those weird kids. Like when I was, before I was 10, I, or when I was like 10, around that age, I complained to my parents, I didn't have enough homework. So they signed me up at one of those like tutoring places. So hold I up. could learn. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let's go back. 
So when you were how old? I don't remember the exact age, but you were but young. around 10. Yeah. You said, listen, I don't like to scoot. I don't like to scoot at all because I don't have enough homework. <laughs> I think you might have had a little brain injury, but might be one of touch yeah. a little bit But before. no, I'm just saying that's the type of kid that I was. Sure. Like I took SATs at age 11, you know, all these things that I was one of those really weird like me. Yeah. yeah. So afterwards, some of actually my friend's parents said to my mom, well, now you know what it's like to have a normal kid. Yeah. It's like what you just tough said. thing to hear. It's a tough thing to hear. And you don't think the person saying that to you doesn't really realize how that impacts you because yeah. the person who has always functioned, the difference is, is you didn't function normally according to other people. And then all of a sudden you got really smart. That's all you knew. That's, all you knew and so that was your normal and so now all of a sudden people are saying ha, you're just like me now yeah well and also like in part of the awareness that i really even seek to do is for medical professionals um i've been asked to speak at multiple brain injury conferences for professionals to share my story um to help an understanding of those who work with brain injury because when i was in rehab therapy um when I started in, let, let's let's say that before my brain injury, you know, I was at 100%, right? So my brain injury happens, this is just a metaphor, this isn't scientific or anything, mm -hmm. but like, this is just an example. So like, let's say I went down to like 20%, right? So I went to therapies and they saw me functioning at 20%, my 20%, and they set the goals at about 50% of mm -hmm. what I would normally be. And so when I started to reach those goals, they let me go off out of therapy really quickly because they didn't set the goals to a place where I would have normally been. So right. I, after being in PT and OT and speech and all these things, um, we all of a sudden were without medical treatment within the first year. And so my parents had to find a different therapy place for me to go to um, in order to, you know, be in rehab, rehab therapy. Cause I was, not able to even, I needed help in the bathroom as a teenager. Like when I was brought out of rehab, there's something wrong with that. You yeah. know, I couldn't, I couldn't function on that. Yeah, thing. I agree hundred percent with you. People don't really have an understanding of it. One, uh, and I laugh a little bit about it now, but at the time it was devastating for me. One of the ways the day I actually accepted, I have a brain injury mm. because I fought it. Uh, yes. Who in here knew me before the brain injury? Anybody? So you knew me before. So I was like, I don't have brain injury. I'm going back to work. I've got, I got stuff to do. I can't be messing around with this brain injury business and all this. I got stuff to do. So I was, no, 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 I don't have a brain injury. So I go to this world renowned guy. Uh, he's a neurologist and uh, we, we waited forever to get this appointment. I mean, months and months and months. Need any help? You, 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 okay. You want to go with you? No, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. No problem. So I go traipsing in there. I'm thinking I'm 30 minutes early, right? What was 30 minutes? I mean, it's 30 minutes early. And was I on the wrong day? Did I miss the day or, or it was supposed to be at nine and I'm there at 11? Well, I'm a pretty nice guy. And I said, lady, no, you're wrong. You need to check your book. You know, you know, you clearly don't know how to work this thing. Cause if this is this important to me, obviously I'm going to come at the right time and I'm going off on her. And so she's, you know, Dr. Greener, I'm, I'm sorry, but you, it really is at nine. I said, well, you know, since you got it wrong, can you fit me in at some point during the day? I'll just stay here. I'm sorry. No, we can't. I said, what? What do you mean? I'm here. No, we're both solid. And I said, well, can I come tomorrow? Uh, no. How about the next day? No. 
well, when will you have another appointment? Uh, in like a year and a half. Come on, you're messing with me. Well, I was mad, but I was devastated. Mm -hmm. So then I start looking and looking and looking. And I realized I did get it wrong. I really did get it wrong. How could I get it wrong? Mm -hmm. I never even had to write anything down. I remembered everything, everything. I could read two different books at the same time. <laughs> I could literally two different books at the same time and remember what they're about. I don't need to write down a, a, an appointment for Pete's sake. That's the big deal. But I did. I put it in there myself. And all of a sudden I had to sit in the lobby, sit in the lobby. And I was almost to the point of tears. I have a brain injury. What am I going to do now? Yeah. Such a simple thing. Yeah. I think that awareness of having a brain injury is the hardest stage of recovery from brain injury. Um, usually, because within the first year, you think you're just going to get better. Right. You think you're going to get back to how you were beforehand. And then, you know, the next year you're like, okay, you know, um, I'm still, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying, but you, you know, I was in denial as well. Like I, I felt like there was nothing wrong with me. Um, and then when you start to really realize, like for me, it was probably around year three or four, um, start to realize, is that accurate? Year like three, probably. Um, I was asking my sister, she, she remembers that I don't, um, she remembers what I don't. Um, but I start, I started to realize, wow, like I have a brain injury. Like I may never get back to how I was before. Sure. And you know, now it's just my reality. It's my new normal. I've embraced it, but but to get to the point of actually embracing it is really hard because it's learning how to accept and live with a new normal and learning how to have new dreams and new goals, but you have to grieve the old life. Yeah. Like my parents describe me now as like an identical twin of the person I was beforehand. Hmm. Literally everything different, favorite foods, favorite colors, favorite movies. And I like <laughs> forgot, you know, most of my childhood memories and around like the six year afterwards, they started coming back, yeah. <laughs> which is good. But, um, did they, did they mess with you? Did they mess with you and say that, um, like Christmas, this is what my family does with me. They give me the same gifts for Christmas and birthdays because they know I won't remember. And I'm all excited. I'm like, oh, I've always wanted one of these. Uh, no, they hey. didn't do that. But we, we remember that they, I, they tell me the same stories over and over again. You know what I do? I tell the same stories over and over again. I do. They get so sick of it. So we have a question from Steve in Ohio. One of our great listeners, super smart guy. Congratulations, Steve. You just got his registered nurse, uh, working full, full time, working multiple jobs and just became a registered nurse. He's setting the world on fire. Awesome guy. He's, he has a few questions here. How long did it take you to forgive the church family and did it affect your view of religion? Was there a struggle to regain faith in another church group? Man, that's a good. It is a good question. Yeah. Which one do you want to yeah. take first? Uh, I'll take the first one. Okay. How long did um, it take you to forgive your church family? Yeah. I think that my experience is different than my family's experience because I don't remember the first year when it was really bad. Yeah. Which I think is a blessing. Um, because for me, my journey is so different than, you know, my, my parents and my, my family who remembers, remembers the hard times. So for me, um, I would say as I grew in the Lord and as I grew in, in who I was. Now, I, now for the non-church people that are listening, we actually have a, um, uh, this is crazy, uh, a book, Belgium. Is it Belgium? Belgium or Switzerland? I can't remember which. Uh, sorry, ladies, if I get the country wrong. A beautiful country either way. 
that um, they bought my book for their book club mm -hmm. and they were basically atheists. They didn't really mm -hmm. believe in God. And now they listen every week. And so, oh, wow. um, Hi. yeah, yeah. So, so their, their knowledge of church words yeah. you grew in your faith. Um, what does that mean? How do you um, mean you as I got closer to understanding uh, the plan the Lord has for me and understanding, um, just understanding on a deeper level who Jesus was to me personally, as mm -hmm. I grew in that knowledge, um, forgiveness came a lot easier okay. because I, I understood what I've been forgiven and how can I hold anything against anyone else? And also, you know, there's a, there's a verse, um, what the enemy intended to harm the Lord intended for good. Mm. And so I know that nothing came as a surprise to God what mm. happened. And ultimately not having a church family made me closer to God. So in, in some respects, I'm thankful for the hard times and I'm thankful for what I went through because I wouldn't have the faith I have today mm. if I could rely on others. Yeah. Thank you for the struggle. So Tony, yeah. uh, Tony Robbins uh, talks about what most people don't realize the guys uh, has an incredible faith. And one of the, one of the things he talks about is, is don't be mad at if, if you're, you know, if, if you're like in his case, his mother was hardcore alcoholic, uh, abusive, it put him into situations he should have never been in. And he said, you know, don't hate, I don't hate my mother. You know why? Because I probably wouldn't have been able to help, you know, hundreds of millions of people all around yeah. the world. If I didn't go through this, mm -hmm. if I didn't experience a change yeah. of state from where I was headed to where I am now. Yeah, um, one more question. I w uh, was there a struggle to regain faith in another church group? That's a good question. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we actually moved to another state okay. um, because the bullying got so bad at school. Hold up. Hold up. People were bullying you. Yes. For after, having a brain injury. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. I experienced that at home. So, <laughs> so, um, and not only in school, but just like in the community after everything that happened. So we moved to a new state so I could have a fresh start in a new school so I could repeat a grade, which is funny because I told you before I'd skip the grade. grade. Yeah. So it's like the Lord kind of planned for it yeah. <laughs> to be, I know that, you know, so I was able to repeat a grade in a new school where nobody knew me before. So we moved to a different state. And so we, um, and we tried to find a church there, but we were new in the community, everything sure. like that. So I think for me personally, um, when I went to college, I was able to find a, a community at my college. Yeah, they didn't um, know anything about you. Yeah. You and, start you know, there are Bible studies on campus. And so sure. for me, that, awesome. that really is. But, you know, it's really been it's been a journey. It's it's just that's that's part of, you know, I always want to be completely honest. And that's part of the that's part of it. Cause you know, I can't say how my brain injury happened without mentioning it sure. in a church. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah. That, 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 that is an interesting story. Um, I'm always yeah. fascinated in that. Um, we have a couple questions coming in. How have your life goals for yourself changed just in general? Mm. Um, and then has your opinion of what makes a life meaningful changed? Mm. Wow. wow. That's good a good questions. question. So let me say it again for the audience. Maybe they didn't hear how have your life goals for yourself changed and has your opinion on what makes a life meaningful changed? Can I take those one at a time? Lay it out. Okay. Do whatever you want. So the first one is, what was it? How is your, how have your life goals, life goals. for yourself okay. changed? Yeah. So I mentioned before I went to the school of the arts, I was um, a drama major. 
I was, I could memorize a monologue in a night easily. Yeah, um, you know, I was just really good at, at, at memorizing and acting and I was on the mock trial team at my school. And as, as a sophomore, the year my brain injury happened, I was their head prosecuting attorney hmm. for our mock trial like team thing. Mm -hmm. And you have to remember, I was the age of a freshman. Right. And so I decided I wanted to be a lawyer and I wanted to go to Yale. And maybe, maybe got the brain injury because of that. That's it. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> we well, don't need basically that. beforehand, you know, I, I pretty much, I had set my sights, I'd set my goals and, you know, I, I was going to do everything it took to get there. And um, then the brain injury happens and, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't really, you know, do anything I, I, could before not in school. I couldn't even, you know, I've, I've, school was hard. Actually, Mr. Field, the reason that I, you know, he, he's the one who brought me here tonight. Um, he was my teacher. He tutored me in school, um, in all my classes to help me get the credits for the class. Does that surprise so anybody here? One-on-one. -on -one. Nobody at all. <laughs> yeah, he was, nobody he was at all. so awesome. great and such a support for my family. And amazingly um, a person of faith. Yes. How cool is that? Yeah. In, in a secular school, right? Yep. So, so um, basically, so that was beforehand. You said how my goals have changed. I started to write songs after my brain injury. Um, within the first couple months of recovery, I started to write music. I'd never written a song before it happened. Mm -hmm. I'd never touched a guitar. Um, I quit piano lessons before I was 10. Like I was not interested in writing music at all. And I started to just write songs, hundreds of songs mm -hmm. in while I was in recovery. And I would write these songs with these really profound lyrics and I'd bring them to my parents and I couldn't read back to them what I'd written. Hmm. Um, and so it's just, you know, starting to write music. I mean, now I'm a nationally touring singer songwriter, but that was never the goal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was just writing songs and trying to get through every day and doors just kept opening. Um, you know, one by one, little by little. And I started to play some different like churches or coffee houses. And uh, Mr. Field actually gave me my first show <laughs> opening for his bluegrass band. Um, but people at different churches started to ask me um, for a CD. And I was like, why would I make a CD? Like, I've yeah. never, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. I thought it was funny for a while. And then, you know, I was able to record my first CD again, was never a goal. But now, you know, I've I've seen how music can it's a great encourage others. And so how my life goals has changed, the brain injury changed everything for me. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, I'm a full-time singer, songwriter, and speaker on brain injury. And, and I travel around and I do concerts, um, awareness concerts for brain injury, um, concerts at churches. I speak at brain injury conferences. This summer, I'm doing a concert at the Mayo Clinic. And speaking at their brain injury in uh, in Minnesota, mm -hmm. oh, I've been there. That's yep. awesome. Yeah, it's I've a never great place. been there, but I'm looking. Are you going in the winter to... like I did? No, I'm going in June. Oh, much yeah, better. much better. <laughs> and um, you know, at Penn Medicine's brain injury conference and Brain Injury Association of Pennsylvania, and then just support groups across the country. And so now my life goals are completely different. Obviously, I would never have brain injury awareness be a life goal unless it happened to me. Um, but also with music, you know, I. It's um, I there was a, there's a doctor that believes that I had savant syndrome with mm. the brain injury, which is basically when you hit your head and you get like super good at something. Mm -hmm. um, I never had the testing because my parents did not want to put me through hours and hours and hours and hours of testing. That was unnecessary. Um, but I just kind of whether Plus it's or not, exhausting. Yeah, I had two days of <laughs> testing and by the end, I'm like, no, yeah, I just want to crawl out of here and go. Yeah. Home. So whether or not like I medically had that or not, um, I just know that the Lord opened up 
something for music with the brain injury. Yeah. So yes, my life goals have changed. So I hope that answers the question. It does. It does. It's a great <laughs> yeah. answer. Um, from my perspective, uh, and and different listeners who have listened over the years who who know who knew me before and know me now. Uh, they've said things, and it, this keeps getting repeated, and I, and I had to put it down here. It, it's been suggested that God has preserved those gifts for me that he really wanted me to pursue, because the problem before was I could do so many things so easily and so well. Again, I could read two college textbooks side by side, totally unrelated at the same time, and retain about 82 to 89% up to 30, 40 minutes later and tell you all about it. Um, it was crazy. It was weird. Uh, but but I couldn't decide which, where, what do I go? What do I do? And it's been suggested that, you know, I ought to look at the, the spiritual reality that is God said, look, I gave you these gifts, but this is what I want you to do. Here's yeah. a crazy thing. I resisted. You said, look, I'm not a recording person. I wasn't interested in writing songs. You know, that wasn't my thing. I'm going to be an attorney. I'm going to make lots of money and prosecute, prosecute <laughs> and do all these different things. But guess what? You know, God had a different plan and you would have never chosen this. Yeah. I would, no offense, love y'all. Y'all bring great food, but I wouldn't have chosen this. I love doing the stuff that I did before yeah. and all the different things, but I couldn't decide what was the thing. And God was saying, hey, buddy. <laughs> We'd sure like you to do this thing that I told you since you're 16, you're supposed to do. Yeah. So, uh, so that's, that's a strong thing. Um, the, one of the things as a speaker uh, that I, I never, you know, before, before I got a head injury, going to the airport was no big deal. I just remember hearing all these people whining and moaning about, you know, going on and on and on. Oh, I hate the travel. I hate the travel. And I would say, I travel all the time. Who cares? It's easy. Just do it. Oh, the delays. Oh, the delays. Oh, the seats. You know, um, I swear that they've made the seats skinnier and skinnier and skinnier because I feel like yeah. they have actually. <laughs> that makes me feel better, really. But but I was never really tripped out over it. It didn't bother me. Didn't what city? I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter. As the brain injury progressed, going to the airport is exhausting. Mm -hmm. It's exhausting, all the different, all this different stuff. You know, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. I want to ask you this before we have some other questions for you. Um, I've traveled with you since then. Yeah. And he gets lost in the airport. I get lost in the airport. Yeah. I, my GPS has my house on it because, and it has here on it because I would be driving here after, you know, and I've been coming for who knows and speaking. I'd be driving here and I'd be like, where am I going? Mm -hmm. What am I doing? I can really. How did I get here? I have to call, call home and say, where am I going? Right? Prior to November 8th, uh, 2013. You remember? I would be like, I don't know where I'm going. And then I would forget why I was even coming here. Uh, and then going home from different places, I would be like, I don't even know where, where am I going? You know? And so Jerry, my great friend, Jerry, uh, you know, he's traveled with me to Arizona and um, I just, I don't know where I'm going. Whereas I was the person before I had the GPS in my head. You would tell me directions and, you know, I'm from downstate Delaware. So you to go down there where you go, sees what you do. You go on that road that's a little lighter than the one before it. You know, it's lighter in color. I don't know how they did it. And then you turn down there what used to be a barn 
but now it's ice cream store. They ain't open now, but let me tell you, they got good ice cream. You get the with the nuts and all, but watch them make it because they'll short you on. And then you turn right that, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I would go, I would go 900 miles like that. And I would, you tell me one time, no big deal. Now, you know, I'm glued to the GPS because if that thing doesn't tell me where I'm going, I'm in deep trouble. Yeah. So what does that do? That gives you, uh, I don't, I don't panic on the outside. I look pretty, well, I seem pretty, I'm fairly normal on the outside, but on the inside. I'm all like, that's brain injury. Yeah, Yeah, that's what it is. It's, I mean, that that you're describing exactly what I I know survivors experience on a daily basis. Well, let's tell. I'm going to say this publicly in front of the uh, audience, all people over the world. I have to say that, uh, and I thank Steve for this because he's been trying to connect you and I for a long time. (laughs) Um, I have to say that watching your video, when I've been to world renowned neurologists and neuropsychologists and all these different people. Some of them have spent as much as two full days with me, ringing me out. Uh, and they've explained things different ways. Your video on, is it hopeafterheadinjury.com? Mm-hmm. Folks, if you know someone with a head injury, tell them to write this down, or maybe you can write this down for them. I'll put it in chat. Hopeafterheadinjury.com. Uh, go there. And there are videos on there that you've done that are fantastic. There's this one that was just a few minutes. It was just a few minutes. You want me in the green shirt? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't. Yeah, that's the you look fine video. Uh, you say I look fine now? That's what it's called. You look because fine. let me just confess this to you. Um, I used to be really good at matching clothes. Can I match my clothes at all now? No. And you know what else? I'll wear the same clothes days in a row. Yeah. I never would do you that. You notice I'm wearing all black, right? Right. That's easy. <laughs> See, that's smart. That's smart. I got to pick up on that. All black. That's why the stylist on my book tour said, we're just going to put you in a cowboy hat and all black. Smarter than me. So that's right. That's right. Bad and black. So, uh, but I wanted to thank you publicly for, for doing those videos because honestly, I came home. I think you gave me uh, Christabel's card. I came home. I watched that video and I was crying because people say all the time, what do they say? Listen, let me tell you a quick story. I'm going, everybody's saying, you know, you need to get on disability. You know, this is crazy. You can't count to 20. Uh, You know, you forget where you're going by the time you get down to the bottom of the steps, you fall down steps all the time. You fall out of your truck. So they said, you need to be getting on this. Other people get it. You've paid in for years. Why not? It's only fair. So I find a great attorney, uh, supposedly, and he specializes in social security disability. And I said, well, my family needs help. I'm going to go in and talk to the guy. I go in and I'm using a cane. I'm trying to carry up uh, because I'll forget what's in my hands. And then I'll just let it go, you know. And I'm like, oh, I dropped that. I didn't even know I had that, you know. And so I go into his office schlepping in there, you know. And the guy tells me I'm not even all the way to his desk, you know. He says, uh, there ain't no way you're getting disability looking and talking like you do. Yeah. Hadn't even talked to well, me. That's and he wouldn't yeah. talk to me. He said, no, there's no way they're not going to give that to you. They can't see it. You have nothing sticking out, no yeah. broken thing. So, uh, you know, what do you tell people now? I mean, you've, you've talked to so many people all across yeah. the country on this topic. What do you tell people who uh, su- have suffered a hand injury or maybe they maybe they're, uh, they live with someone who has a head injury or it's their child or their parent or whatever? What do you say to them? First, that you're not alone. 
right? That's, hope after head the, injury. Yeah, go the there and you thing. learn. You know, with hope after head injury, I I never set out to create an organization. I never set out to be a, a speaker across the country. It was never a goal. Um, I posted that video you're talking about. So I had just decided to make a, a, a social media page called Hope After Head Injury, just to you know bring hope to people with brain injuries. I had less than 100 likes on my page. Post that video, March 2015 for Brain Injury Awareness Month, and it went viral. Huh. And it has over 70, 75,000 views on Facebook. And from that video, I started getting asked to speak at different conferences and everything. And I just posted it because I had something to say. You know, I, I wasn't, I didn't have a motive. I just had something to say. Hmm. So I posted it and um, that video has really just opened up um, a lot of doors that like what you're talking about. And I, you know, recording it is just from my heart, you mm -hmm. know? And so what do I say to people with brain injuries that, that you're not alone in this? And, and, you know, there's always hope and sometimes doctors get it wrong. The doctors at CHOP thought I may never graduate high school or ever be able to go to college. Hmm. And so I graduated college with honors. And so you never really know and, and to never give up. That, I mean, that's the biggest thing, you know? So basically hope survives. Yeah, yeah. So you wrote a song called Hope Survives. That song really touched yes. me. There's two songs. I haven't heard them all, uh, but uh, but there's two songs that you've done that really stick out to me. One of them is called Hope Survives. Mm -hmm. How did you come to write that song? And we'll play it, folks. If you <laughs> if you want to hear it, we'll play it in just a minute. Um, I actually wrote that at the same time as I posted that video, all in the same time period. Um, I was walking. I, I was having a really bad day. Um, another part of my story is that I've had re-injuries of concussions since the first brain injury. I've had over 12 hmm. re-injuries with concussions. From and falling? a lot of different things. My brain's just more sensitive to it. Yeah, me too. So, um, I was in college and I had to, I took the lightest course loads possible and everything like that. You know, I lived in a single room. I had all my disability accommodations. That's the only way I was able to do it, but I was having a horrible day. I had the most horrible headache and I was walking back to my dorm and I was just like looking up and there was all these like, you know, stars, you know, it was night and I was just feeling so alone. And as I was walking like one step, in my head came with a little hope you can make it through today. Mm. Took another step with a little faith. Someday you'll get through the pain. Mm. And those two lines was just in my head. And it was like with the melody too. And I believe the Lord placed it in my heart. Um, you know, and so I, I sat down at the piano, wrote the whole song in one sitting. Um, the next week recorded it in my bedroom. <laughs> and that that version of Hope Survives you're gonna you're about to play um, is a single I put out at that time. Recorded it in my bedroom uh, two years ago. Um, it's about to be it's being re-recorded for my album that's coming out called Hope Survives, which will be released on February 24th. But hmm. it's being re-recorded. But this one I recorded the week that I wrote it. Just awesome. Let's give a listen, folks. Give a listen to this. The day is over. You start to crash. Exhaustion hits, but you can't relax On the outside, you look fine But each day, you're fighting to get by Isn't it crazy how nothing's the same In just one moment, everything changed With a little hope, you can make it through today Oh. 
Amen. That was awesome. How great was that? Wasn't that awesome? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, one of the questions, uh, the second part of the question, because we have brain injuries, never put the people who are in who in charge of the show who have brain injuries. <laughs> just saying. I know. Uh, also, just a side note for that. I have a friend who has a brain injury as well. I have multiple friends with brain injuries. My one friend. Okay. We tried to like bake like cookies together. Yeah, terrible that's bad. idea that's bad. idea don't ever put people with brain injuries in charge of the kitchen either just yeah i hear say you. that i hear you you have to think of the right order of the, right yeah no. it's a math thing i can't count to 20 so we're in trouble yeah, never happen. yeah i need help when i'm <laughs> cooking now i used to do all the cooking it's funny you brought that up then i used to do all the cooking super helpful cooking uh helpful food and i never had recipes i was just you know not not so much anymore um there was a second part to that really great question we had uh, someone sent in is how has this changed your view of what is meaningful in life? I would say that um, having a brain injury gives you an awareness of life that isn't there um, without it for like to know that in one instant, everything can change. Um, you know, at any time I could get another brain injury 
at any time I could hit my head and be back in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And for it's true of anyone who hasn't had a brain injury too at any time. But if you've had one, it's there's just so much more awareness. And so for what makes life meaningful, it's I wake up every day so grateful to be alive and to be able to to live my life and with so much joy. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was on, I was on tour with with some people last year and. Um, they're like, how do you wake up so happy every day? And I'm like, because I'm here and, you know, I'm able to do what I love. And, and, and you know, it's just being able to live my life and just on a daily basis, um, what makes life meaningful, there's just a different awareness of knowing that um, I don't take my life for granted. I don't take a second for granted yeah, because it's I've, I already know what it's like to not be able to think, you know, when your own brain betrays you, it's like, so it's such an odd feeling, but it's like, you know, you can't, you want to do something, but you can't remember, you can't figure it out. And it's just so frustrating and it's scary. And it's, it's, it's just so, it, it's like, like I, the best way to put it is that my brain betrays me. Yeah. And so to, to live in a when world. When before your brain was your thing. Yes. Yeah. And, and even, even for those who weren't like academically inclined before, it's still, you know, being able to, you know, just go in a room and remember where the light switch is, you know, things like that. Remember where the milk is, you know, um, it's just everything. It's just so hard. And so to live in a world that is so hard and every second is just so difficult. Um, it really changes your perspective on life. Um, I was going to say something else and I cannot remember. Well, while you're <laughs> thinking of it, I want to play this other song. We're almost out of time. I, I want you uh, folks, I want you folks out there to hear this. This is uh, more, more to me. Mm -hmm. There's more to me. And this struck me, boy, this, really you knew what songs to send to me because they got me both of them i was like this girl i can't wait to interview this girl <laughs> as i'm fanning my eyes going she gets me but uh you know it's important because but but it's also important for people to realize there's more when you've had a brain injury yeah. i mean let's that's the computer that runs your body yeah. you know and now it's damaged but you can't see it because it's inside this 13 pound head mm -hmm. so i want you all to hear this more to me I really like this, and then we'll come back and we'll close. Who have I become? Wrapped up in a memory. Where do I belong? It's been so long and every time I try to make sense. Of anything planet, I'm stressed about everything This isn't who I used to be When the waves came and when the storm raged Found myself falling into the ground When the wind blew, that's when it fell through And I don't know how to turn it around I know there's more to me than the record you see There's more to be, I'm still on the journey still on the journey When did I become my own worst enemy Where did I go wrong and start to think that every time I make a mistake on anything I'll never come back I'll never be the 
person that I want to be. When the waves came and when the storm raged, found myself falling into the ground. When the wind blew, that's when it fell through, and I don't know how to turn it around. I know there's more to me than the wreckage you see. There's more to be. I'm still on the journey. I'm still on the journey. Some hard days, had some sleepless nights, and I've been afraid of giving up the fight. And I'm more than what happened to me, yeah. But it's still part of my story. When the waves came and when the storm raged, found myself falling into the ground. When the wind blew, that's when it fell through, and I don't know how to turn it around. I know there's more to me than the wreckage you see. There's more to be. I'm still on the journey. I'm still on the journey. I'm still on the journey. Awesome. Awesome. So you're going to say something about the song. Yeah. Um, that song, I just want to, anyone who's listening and and heard that song, I just want to encourage you that there's more to you than your circumstances. And there's more to you than what you've gone through. Um, you know, that line, I'm still on the journey. If you're still alive, if you still are here, if you still have a beat in your heart, God's not done with you. Amen. He's not done with you and nothing can separate you from him. Not a brain injury, not any other injury, not, not any relationship issue, family, emotional, whatever you've gone through, you're on a journey and um, there's more to you than your circumstances right now. So I just wanted to encourage. Amen. Amen. So we're going to give you a bunch of links. If, If you're driving, don't write this down. Just listen to the show again, send it to your friends, the links where you can find the links to this show, short links. If you go to drshawngreener.com, that's D-R-S-H-A-W-N-G-R-E-E-N-E-R, or theninjapastor.com, if you go to those places, you go to the, the blog, um, this show, you know, where we announce the show will be there. The recording will be under listen. Um, you can go to christabelbraden.com. That's C-R-I-S-T-A-B-E-L-L-E-B-R-A-D-E-N.com. There's no H in Christabel. That's very important. Um, crystalbrain.com, hopeafterheadinjury.com, um, on Facebook, Instagram, anything like that. Uh, search Christabel Braden or search Hope After Head Injury. Awesome. You rock. Join us next time for Sundays with Dr. Sean. And please follow this show and the Collision of Faith and Politics radio show during the week at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the ninja pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at The Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio. And check out all the free messages, archive shows, and buy Dr. Sean's critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America at www.drshawngreener.com. Join us during the week. And in the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you.
for joining us in this fight.